and welcome to the Under the Bus podcast. I'm your host, Merge, and back to back podcast again. It's just me and Alan. Alan, how are you Peace. doing, buddy? Good evening. How are we? How are we? Even um, I'm I'm dealing with a little bit of a um, <coughs> a hay fever situation. Third podcast, or I'm waiting for my voice to give out at any point. But I'm, I'm 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 relatively confident it will be fine throughout this episode. Definitely. Um. Uh, well, uh, as recording this, it, we are a little less than twenty four hours away from Lakers Warriors tipping off. And if no one else knew, the Lakers did make the seven seed after some uh, let's call it interesting last couple of days to the to the NBA season. Shout out to the Clippers uh, for tanking their asses off. You shout out to Daniel Toru for. I feel so sorry for that dude. <laughs> yeah, him and Jay Scrub, those guys are just getting flamed the whole weekend. Scrub just isn't even bad. Scrub no, isn't even he was bad. A, he was a uh, he was a um uh, what, what's the guy? He he was the guy who came came out of high school. I think he he like reclassified. Did he reclassify? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he, he he came out of. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's he was the guy that I actually liked, and I wouldn't mind if if the uh, Lakers looked at him in a second round. But obviously, he's on the Clippers. But still, they people just see the last name Scrub, and they're like, "Oh God!" It's just unfortunate scrub. being an NBA player. Yeah, and being <laughs> yeah. called Scrub. Yeah, it it does sound like a my um, uh, NBA two K. Uh, it's the year twenty thirty, and you're. And you're drafting from a the random draft classes classes, and you're getting Jay Scrub in the first round. Just randomly number three overall pick. Player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, a, um, his overall was his overall said A minus. So you you draft him, but his overall is actually like sixty four or some stupid shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, um, I had so, too much experience with that in two K. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely understand what you're saying there. Um, so yeah, seven seed. Uh, there's a little bit of movement in terms of the upper part of the West to, to make it a little more different than we were, what we were expecting. Uh-huh. If we did make it past this this play-in and the uh, the Suns potential series, uh, we won't be facing the Clippers until the Western Conference Finals. That would be the earliest we could play them. So they uh, accomplished what they were they were setting out to do. That they want to play the Lakers. They, they want to play the Lakers when they're more in rhythm for whatever reason. Which you know, to each their. It just own. shows. It just shows how terrified they are of the Lakers, right? No, you know how bad a first round uh, out would be for the Clippers. You know how, and that's why they're that terrified of the Lakers because the Lakers are the best chance of doing that to them. That plus, uh, I, I believe Kawhi isn't a hundred percent as well. And I, I I don't think he has been the entire year, but people don't want to talk about it. Yeah, he, he I, it sucks because Kawhi is one of the five best players in the world, right? Uh-huh. But he's not been the same Kawhi Leonard this whole season. And the quicker people realize this, the quicker it will be easier to understand why they lose in the playoffs again this year. Yeah, he, he's a lot more of a jump shooter than he's ever been in his career. Um, and Paul George is Paul George. Yeah, Paul George could have the greatest MVP season ever in the regular season, and I I would have to yeah, all right, let's wait until the playoffs. <laughs> Couldn't care less. Do what you want in the anyway, regular season. So, like I said, Lakers will play the Warriors tomorrow in Los Angeles. Uh and if they win, they're a seven seed. If they lose, they will play the winner of the Spurs Grizzlies game. And if we win that game, we will be the eight seed. So, initial reactions, Alan. Um, how are you feeling going into tomorrow's game? Uh, where, where's your head at with all, all of it? I don't want to be overconfident, right? Because I think it's the worst thing that you can be. Um, but at the same time, I just think the Lakers are better than everyone. So, it's very hard for me when I've seen both LeBron and AD be healthy. It's very hard for me to like backtrack and go, I think someone could beat them. Even in a one-game series, and I know it's much different to a seven-game series, right? But like, <coughs> I just, I don't know, man. I think even if Steph scores like 50, the Lakers could still beat them. 
and that's a wild assumption to me. Like if Steph drops thirty, I mean, if you watch the uh, that game against Memphis, he dropped forty-seven, and they were they were Grizzlies were in it until Dylan Brooks fouled out. You know, if drops if Steph drops thirty, there's a possibility that the Lakers blow him up by twenty. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Like, <clears throat> so I'm not I'm not slandering Steph in any way, and you know how much I love Steph Curry. Steph Curry is one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's top five player, um, in my opinion, top 15 player of all time. Uh, probably should be second in the vote in, in the MVP, regardless of what LeBron James says. Um, mm-hmm. It's Jokic. It should be Jokic. It shouldn't be a debate whether it's Jokic or not. Um, but I don't know, man. With the Lakers healthy and us having Caruso and KCP, and Schroeder, and hell, even AD and LeBron on switches to throw at Steph. I don't see a way that they lose. I just don't. Unless they just play really, really badly. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is uh, not having a historically bad shooting night. Kind of like yes. that Portland, the first game against Portland Trailblazers, where the Lakers literally had a historically bad shooting night, and they still barely lost that first game. Uh, the, the only way the Lakers lose it is, is if they do it to themselves, in my opinion. If they yes. – too many turnovers, uh, too many wide-open missed shots. LeBron is doing his – there's times when LeBron can, can get really weird with his passes and really weird with, with his his uh, shot selection and stuff. So if, if we don't do any of that, I'm pretty confident that it'll be a win. Um, yes. I do – think that it's more likely that it'll be a closer game than not but if it but if it isn't a close game it's because the lakers were able to get all of that to you know situate and and have a solid game in terms of stuff they can control yeah and i just think the lakers are too big for the warriors like kevon looney is their biggest guy but even kevon looney's not a regular center right he's still an undersized center so yeah, he's like six ten, six. He's like six ten, but he's like a slighter build. He's not yeah, like Drummond athlete. eats him alive. Yeah, like you know. Sorry for all the um, Drummond haters out there who are expecting me to say that Drummond's ass. Shouts out to one particular mm-hmm. podcaster. Um, you know, Damian Jones better and all that. Um, <laughs> but Drummond eats Kevon Looney alive. So and if you got Draymond at the five and you got both Draymond, uh, Drummond and AD on the court at the same time, I think that's just too much size for the Warriors to handle. Like, way too much size. I think they get obliterated. I think a uh, an X factor in terms of the someone on the Warriors, and he's a guy who historically has been very good against the Lakers, depending on no matter what team he was on. It is Andrew Wiggins. Who, yes. Who has had probably the best year of his career. He's been really Even, good this year. Even more so than the years he put up twenty five in on a nothing team in yes. in Minnesota. Um, like I said, historically he has been very good against the Lakers in his career. Um, I think his career high is against the Lakers of forty seven. Um, he's a, he's kind of in that Ricky Rubio. Wasn't that the game? Of, wasn't that the game where him and Ingram were with dueling get out, and he just got. Hired. I remember it was it, it, yeah it was in it was in. Uh, Minnesota that game. And it I, was I just remember it was one of the young guys, another Lakers young guy. I don't know if it was Ingram or whether D'Angelo was still on the team at that point, but I just remember like vividly, it was basically their young guy versus our young guy dueling it out, and it was a great game to watch. Yeah, and he's sort of one of those guys, kind of like Ricky Rubio, who very consistently is very good against the Lakers for whatever reason. No matter how good or bad he looks on a given season, he always gets up for the Lakers. So I think that's a big sort of X factor in terms of, you know, Wiggins going off for 25, 30. There was that game when they played uh, the, the Phoenix Suns recently where Steph had a really bad shooting night, but uh, Andrew Wiggins scored 38. So I, I think he's the main one that you have to watch out for in terms of a second option scoring-wise. Outside of that, I mean, Jordan Poole has looked better, but he still isn't a guy that I worry too much about. Mike Mulder is a, is a is primarily a shooter. Fine with that. 
Juan Toscano Anderson is a glue guy of sorts. Um, not a guy that you really worry about offensively. He's an energy defensive guy. Very good. I mean, very great. Good story for Juan Toscano Anderson. I think he just recently signed happy for a, a full a full time deal with the with the Dubs. So you know, great for him. He was he's been a very solid player. I've heard some Warriors fans say that he's arguably their fourth best players on most most nights after Steph Draymond and Wiggins, um, which is praise. Mm-hmm. Which is very yeah. good praise for a guy like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, Mulder and Poole, two guys who just shooters. Poole's what I'd worry about a little more. I think he, he's a little more mm-hmm. uh, willing to shoot. Um, Kavon Looney, I mean, he's fine. He's always been a guy that I thought was fine, but not a guy that I worry too much against. LeBron, or sorry, AD and Drummond, and if Gasol or Harold play as well. Um, so I think... Obviously, the main thing is defending. Are doing our best to, to defend Steph. Um, who do you think is going to be the main guy defending Steph? I know the whole team has to, and there'll be a lot of guys taking turns on Steph. But uh, who's the one guy that you think is going to get that assignment uh, the majority of the time, or at least the bigger the bigger percentage of the time? Schroeder. I think it's going to be Schroeder. Schroeder. I think Vogel likes that matchup on cards. I really do. I think he likes Schroeder. Is that what you would do too? Or would you rather? I would as well. I know KCP statistically been very, very good against Curry. Yeah. So even if they do switch, I don't care. Like, fine. You know, I'm happy with either. I love Schroeder's speed and peskiness against. And I think both. Including Caruso will defend him. Yes. All three of them will. All three. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be it'll be, it. It will never be just one guy guarding Steph, and the Lakers right, ne- you, you have never, never done do that. that. Yeah, but the Lakers have never done that. Like historically, like even against like you know matchups in in the playoffs, right? They've never right in any playoff series. They've never just had solely one guy well, under Frank Vogel. Anyway, they've never right. solely had one guy on one player the entire game, and that's it. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, there'll be a lot of possessions where. LeBron will switch. Will get switched on to him. There'll be a lot of possessions where AD yes. will get switched on to him. Kyle Kuzma, Wesley Matthews, the whole team really is yeah. at some point is going to be defending Steph Curry in one way or another. It's not one players or two players or three players that beats Steph Curry. Uh-huh. It's a whole entire team that defeats that beats not even beat that slows down Steph Curry because obviously he's been on a pretty remarkable run this last two or three months. Uh, it might be the best I've ever seen him play. And that's saying yes. something, in, you know, that's saying something with the incredible season he had in that 73 and nine year. But I think just with, he's been fully unleashed. Curtis mm-hmm. finally let him run pick and rolls and shoot off the dribble threes. I think I saw somewhere that <coughs> attempts from three are pull-ups and he's making like 45% of them on the year. Which is insane. Just, just absolutely ridiculous. Those aren't supposed to be 45% from the 45% shots um off off the dribble. They, like he's just a, a superhuman. So yes. you're you're not gonna defeat him with just one guy. Everyone has to step up. Everyone has to has <coughs> to be able to react mm-hmm. to him. And then yes. after that, when it gets to the middle to Draymond you need to be able to make the right decision and be able to recover. And and the biggest thing in Steph's repertoire, I think, is that when the ball is kind of going, like it, it's not really a set play, but Steph is like bolting everywhere and trying to get open on, on like a broken play. That's the thing that he does a lot and sort of creating chaos on it. So I recently the, the our perimeter guys just to be locked in at all times to make sure they don't lose Steph. And Steph might, I think, against the, the Grizzlies, he shot 23 for the first time. 22 three-pointers. I think that's the first time in his career he had shot over 20. I'm honestly fine with him shooting over 20. Oh, yeah. Because Same. normally he's shooting 15 and making 10 or whatever. But if he's I'm shooting 22 with- and making 10, you're, you're happy with that. Which sounds insane because that's nearly 50%, but that's 22 hopefully difficult yes. threes that, that he's taking. And I think another part of stopping Steph is also on the offensive side for the Lakers mm-hmm. is making him work on that end. Uh, someone who, 
Right, yes. And uh, my guess is to start the game, he will be defending KCP. Um, I don't see him on uh, – maybe not. I, I don't know if Bazemore is quick enough to defend uh, Schroeder. So he might start on Schroeder, actually. Yeah. Um, I would really push for Schroeder to uh, be very aggressive in the first – even what, if he picks up a couple minutes. of quick fouls, I don't, I don't yeah. care. I'm fine with that because it just gets Steph, you know, get, getting into his body, sort of, you know, getting him like, hey, we're going to be here all night. We're going to be right in your, in your grill the whole night. And it doesn't matter who it is. It right. doesn't matter whether it's me, whether it's KCP, whether it's Caruso. Hell, even if it's Taylor, same thing. Just all night. Just be physical with him. Yes. That um, they need to make him work. I think someone who actually who is a big part of this as well would be Caruso. Yes. Uh, Steph will be on Caruso no matter what. If, if Caruso and Steph are in the game, Caruso will always be the fifth best offensive offensive weapon for the Lakers. Ways on the court. That that's yeah. just how it is for AC. AC is very very good at cutting backdoor. Yes, especially if LeBron or Mark are in the game. If you need to to make Steph pay attention to you on that end, and just back cut, back cut, back cut. Yes. And if if he's constantly getting back cut, he's going to be paying attention to that a little more, and that will throw his focus off a little bit on the on his offensive end. So it, it's just a whole trying to make sure you're in the like in Steph's head as best as possible, and get mm-hmm. trying to to push him off his game. Um, do you have anything else that you want to that you'd add on? trying to get defending Steph or making him sort of work on that on the defensive end. Just do what we did the first three games against him. Mm. I think we I think we've probably been the team that's like apart from when we just stopped playing in the first game, right? Because before we stopped playing we, we were we were like completely obliterating it. It was like a twenty five point game in the second quarter. Like it was embarrassing for them, right? It was that it, bad. it wasn't even him. It wasn't even him that, that brought no. him back too, if you remember. It was yeah. Eric Pascal and Kelly Oubre. And Andrew yeah, Williams. Pascal was phenomenal that game. Yeah, I like Pascal a lot. I think he's good, man. I think yeah, he's he, he doesn't play. He doesn't play for them right now. They run a very tight eight-man rotation, which doesn't make sense because Pascal like sort of fits the mold of like if Draymond isn't on the court, you want Pascal to be on the court. It's the same body type, the same archetype of player, just at a much smaller scale, right? Especially defensively. I think offensively, well, I- Pascal provides more. I agree with to that to an extent, but the Warriors have, I think they're like sixteen and five over the last twenty one or something like that. No, they've been phenomenal though. They've been phenomenal. And it's been pretty much right around where Ubre and Wiseman were got hurt and they're out of the rotation. Nothing against Wiseman, obviously. Steve Kerr just you know, hates he, him. Looney is just better than him right now, which is fine, you know. I don't even think he's better. He's a better fit for what Steve Kerr wants to do. He knows where to go. Yes. And and again, that's because Steve Kerr loves him and treats him differently. Right. That's a different conversation for a different day, right? We can talk about Steve Kerr's aversion to like playing good, talented young players and teaching them properly a different time. But he does a really good job with veteran talent, though. Like, you can say whatever you want about Steve Kerr. His veteran talents, whenever he plays with veterans, they're always good, man. They're mm-hmm. literally always good. So I I think he's a really good coach um, for veterans, but I don't think he's a, he's a guy you want to build your young core around. That's that's my take on Steve Kerr. Right, right. And, and I think I think it's just that Looney is – I'm sorry. Uh, Wiseman is just, you know, he's too raw at the moment. He's a little too – he doesn't. He's not used to it on the defensive end. They're trying to win games, and I, I understand it to a certain extent. But I think the way that they sort of they there have been a point where they kind of scapegoated Wiseman, like un like indirectly scapegoated him. Um, the the team and the fans. Yes. Uh, he's been a scapegoat to a lot of the bad things that happened there. And yeah, when he stopped playing, they started playing well. But I think that's more so because the rotation just got really tight. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're running like a, a, a tight eight guys who can really get to know each other and really get to know how each other plays and stuff like that. They haven't had to deal with too many injuries, the, those eight players this year. So they've been a very tight group. Um, I I think it, 
Wiseman will be fine down the line. I don't know mm-hmm. if it'll be for the Warriors, though. I don't know uh, if it'll be for the Warriors. I think they trade him in the summer. I really do. I mean, yeah, he he doesn't really fit what they need. He wasn't the most NBA-ready guy. <coughs> who was on the they board, should have just picked LaMelo. Yeah. What, what the hell were they doing? They could have had LaMelo in there instead of Mike Boulder. Imagine how much different that, that team looks with Lo, LaMelo. Imagine, imagine how much Steph playing with, with, with LaMelo. Oh, yeah. Steph oh, yeah. would have a field day. Oh, yeah. 100%. Anyway, before we get too far into you know the Warriors, um, the Warriors themselves, um, just just one thing about the Warriors fan base, yeah, they're up there with the Jazz for being the worst fan base in the NBA. But continue. <laughs> hey, the Warriors fan base is bad, but at least at least they're not that they go they go bear people. <laughs> they go bear people are the worst. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, um, yeah, but his defensive Raptor score so good. And his defensive mm. LeBron score is amazing. It's better than the, the Kembe Matumbo's. I'm like, who cares? Matumbo's like the most overrated player in the history of the universe. It, it's it, Gobert is one of those guys who I understand his value. I, I understand it. Like he is one of the most important defensive pieces in the league. Barn like a hundred percent, he is in the regular but, season. Right. He isn't a guy who can like he's not even a guy who can kinda switch. Like there's bigs who are like like who are there's bigs who are a little more plodding and they're not Anthony Davis, like from like feet. Drummond's one of those guys. Who are legitimately good perimeter defenders. Like a guy like Joel Embiid, who isn't that quick a foot. Like he's not that fast of a guy. But when he worked, like when he's locked <coughs> he can really work the work the perimeter. He can really yeah. work it. Uh, Tristan like, Thompson Dwight was Howard. one of those guys. Tristan Thompson was, was yeah. one of those guys when Cleveland was really good. I think yeah. Drummond's I mean, another one of year, those Dwight guys. Howard, Dwight Howard last year was a very good switcher yes. for, for a guy his size and his age and everything. So, I agree. Uh, like, he needs to somehow learn. Or maybe he can't because he might be just too, like, lanky. He might be too too much arms and legs, you know? Like, he might not be able to get to that point, and that's fine, you know? Get that guy who you can, who you can have defending. Like even Derek Favors isn't a guy who can defend the perimeter either. Well, um, he's a great interior defender, but he can't defend the the perimeter. They need a big who can do that, and they just don't have that. Which is why I don't see them being good uh, past the first round. Even even then, it depends on Conley and Mitchell being healthy in the first round. I I really I don't understand the. the way the, the, the jazz fans treat treat Mitchell is, is pretty hilarious to me. They act like he's nothing. Like that he's super replaceable. He's he not. He's not. He's their <laughs> he's, best player by a mile. He's their most important playoff player. But I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Mitchell has legit won them games in in that he's, that Thunder series. They should have won that series against the Nuggets. For Mitchell was going in, insane. Like they should have won. It wasn't they, Mitchell's they, fault they lost. It wasn't Mitchell's fault, they, and you know they were they were missing Bogdanovich and all that. But still, Mitchell was doing his job and more. And mm-hmm. in the playoffs, you need perimeter guys who can make those tough shots. And Definitely. Gobert is is an incredible defender. He and he likely is an all time defender, but he's not a guy like oh yeah, he's better than Tim Duncan. He's, no, he's not he's better not, than Dwight he's, Howard. He's not the all-time. best defender in the NBA today. No, it's no. Anthony Davis, and if and if you have any other answer, either you don't like the Lakers, or you just don't watch Anthony Davis play basketball. Even if you don't want to say AD is a five, Embiid is better than him. Jokic is better than him. I think Cat. I I still have have trust that Cat can be a good defender. I think Cat ultimately is better than him. It, like, what? and again, I understand. I understand the value of defense. I'm a guy who. Is Alex Crusoe is my favorite player. That guy is constant defense, twenty four seven. That's and that's mm-hmm. why Laker fans ride for him. But he's the, I'm not going to call him the best point guard in the league. You know, like, I and I I mean I think you can argue that Crusoe is a borderline Gobert level defender for his position. I don't I don't think he I don't think it's even borderline. He is a Gobert level play, player defensively in his position, but. 
I find it ridiculous that the Lakers have had the best defense in the NBA without LeBron and AD, and there's no Laker players getting all defensive votes. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. There isn't even any being mentioned. Like, there's no no like, honorable mention Dennis Schroeder, honorable mention Alex Caruso, honorable mention Contavious Caldwell Pope. Like, there's none of that. Like, no, because the Lakers are bad, right? Right. Same with the Knicks. No one, no one has any Knicks in the defensive player. The, the top two no teams. Noel should be in the, in that conversation. The top two teams in the NBA defensively don't have any players in the old defensive talk. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like there's guys like Matisse Thybul, and, and granted, I love Matisse is an incredible defender. He he is very very good at what he does on the defensive end. He's played as many minutes, if not less, than Alex Caruso. He's played less. But you got to remember, Merge, that Thybul doesn't start games. He doesn't close games because of how bad he is offensively. Yeah. Like as as good as he is defensively, he's the other way. Bad wise defensively, like he's. That you can't have him and Simmons. No, you can't have impossible. him and Simmons on the court together. If it was it's like if he was impossible. on the court with LeBron and AD, I think he's he'd be a lot more playable. Yes. To close games, but you can't have him and Simmons, and to a certain extent, Embiid on the floor together because. People still don't go out, don't really go out to Embiid on the three point line. No, there's not there's not a ton of like space like space that he gives as a as like a shooter. Even though I think he's been better this year at it, uh, he just is historically a bad shooter. So I you agree. can't you can't have three bad shooters there on the on the court at the same time. One of who just won't attempt it. And I mean, I think it's the same with Matisse. He hasn't been shooting the ball that much either. So it, it, it you know it's fine. You know it's. The only recognition that I'm expecting is like LeBron will probably get like a second team honor, and that's probably it. If yeah, Vogel's not going to get any coach of the year love. Frank, uh, Frank uh, Polinko won't get any executive of the year love. No defensive player of the year love or anything like that. It, and then it, when the it, Lakers beat crazy. everyone in the playoffs, they'll be like, "Oh, the Lakers were obviously the best team in the NBA." <laughs> Oh, man, um, I do want to. I, I want to talk a little bit about, about potential Sun series, but I think we can hold off on that uh, until Let, we. Let's win. leave it because because we play Sunday, right? Regardless, we would play. We would play Sunday, yeah. Regardless, we would play Sunday, even if we lost, and, we, and then we played the Jazz in the first round. We would oh, play I'd love Sunday. That. I would love that. I would <laughs> love to play the Jazz. Yeah, talk about. The people who are who are like well, LeBron's just trying to build a narrative. Oh, it'll really be set off after that. Toughest path to the finals ever as winning the as an eight seed. We'll go Lakers, Clippers, or Jazz, Clippers, and whoever the hell makes the Suns or something like that or whatever. And then the Nets in the finals. And the Brooklyn Nets in the finals, and oh, LeBron's just narrative building. <laughs> Hashtag Wash King. The man I'm- can't. The man can't compliment his friend without being accused of. Did you see Molly Curran yeah, saying that she's really cynical? I'm like, her and her husband have the worst takes on ESPN. That's why they're together. It makes sense now. It's it, it it is pretty funny. LeBron does that sort of stuff with other stuff. I don't think this was the case. When LeBron tweeted out that stats muse thing, yeah, that was LeBron building a narrative. hundred percent. Yes. That's what LeBron does. He toots his own horn all the time. That's what LeBron does. LeBron saying that no one says he's one of the greatest scorers of all time is pretty funny because it's true. <laughs> that, though. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he's going to end his career as the number one points leader. You know, if he averages, I think, twenty-two for the next, like, if he plays a full season or close to a full season for the next two years, and he averages around twenty-two a game, twenty-one a game, he's going to pass Kareem in the next two or three years. Which is very doable, right? Very, and doable. even if he if it goes down to like he puts up eighteen a night, and he plays the next four years or whatever, he'll again he'll still get very it. doable. Yeah, he's gonna but, pass it barring any sort of freak injury or anything, you know. You know, and, and, and like that, he'll be doing that in a Lakers uniform, <laughs> thankfully, um, until until he retires, which is great, right. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about, non-playoff related. I just wanted to talk about the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony for for Kobe real quick. Um, That's why I thought you wanted to talk about the whole Vivian drama today. Oh no, no, no! Uh, <laughs> there's probably isn't more it wild? Than that. 
But, but before we touch on Kobe's Hall of Fame induction, isn't it wild that Vivian, the real Vivian, like just for background, her old high school is where I coached basketball for eight years. Hey man, you gotta get the scoop. You gotta get the exclusive. But now, but the one thing I'm worried about <laughs> is, so I, I'm worried that she's in on it. So if I like hit her up with this, what if she just like completely cuts off all connections and we can't find out any more information? I'd rather Honestly, slow burn it. Take one, take one for the team because because I'm if you too. got if you if you got the real Vivian on a podcast, that would do numbers. It would do it would, numbers. It? it would, it would really be hilarious. <laughs> I, I'd make it like a whole live stream thing. Oh my god, it would be so incredible. And that that just adds that this is adds to the confusion to me because the person who was on the spaces and on the Josh podcast is the guy person who sounded Southeast Asian or Mexican or something. And like, and the real Vivian made, sounds very like she's control. from Manchester. Sounds very mic. Yeah. Very mank. There was there was a one of the pictures that was edited that I saw of the actual Vivian, the real Vivian, and and her actual face on it. It's wild, isn't it? Next to the edited, it's it's crazy. Shout out to Ooh. shout out to Josh for getting his name cleared and everything today. But is his name cleared? All we know that know. It, all, all we know that it's a real person now behind the pictures. Yeah, we don't know who it was. And I wonder that Vivian, that the video that she posted on her on her account, where did that come from? So I have a theory about this. I watched an episode of Catfish, <laughs> and someone asked this guy to send the video in like that for charity, and mm. the guy did it. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone did the same thing to this lady, and went, you know, we, we just want, you know. Yeah. We're doing like some charity thing. We just want you to hold up a sign that says thank you and just say thank you. And then that's what happened. But either way, even the video was photoshopped. Is it? It is? Yeah. Like compare the video Vivian to the real Vivian. It's still a different person. It, I know it's like, like uh, it, it makes sense for the misspelling now because that's how the real Vivian spells yes. her last name or spells her name. So that's. It has to be something like that. There's probably still more to come. We probably have our the Laker Twitter detectives that still at, hard at work right now, and Great hopefully, job. Alan, Alan, you can get the the, the exclusive. <laughs> if I get the exclusive interview with the real Vivian, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm Twitter famous. You're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, hundred percent. All right. Let's, anyway, let's let's, let's transition back to, to Kobe. To, let's move back to Kobe. Uh, I, I, you watched the whole ceremony, including everyone else, right? Oh, in fleeting moments. It was in, yeah. it was all in the background, but I never, I wasn't like paying super attention, apart from to Tim Duncan and Kobe's inductions. Those right. were the two. Um, actually, before I move to Kobe, how do you feel about Tom Jonovich uh, and his his uh, Robert Ori saying he should be a Hall of Famer? Is the there's the Kemba Matumbo in the in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Then Robert Horry should be in the Hall of Fame. Robert Horry did more for the game of basketball than the Kembe Matumbo. I think if you do Robert Horry, you should also put in like Derek Fisher and Steve Kerr. I think if, I think I they, they have to go into it. I don't disagree. Yeah. But if the Kembe Matumbo's in the NBA Hall of Fame, in the Basketball Hall of Fame, I should say, sorry, then Robert Horry should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. As you can tell, I'm not very high on the Kembe Matumbo. The Kembe Matumbo is a nice story. He's great. He's one of the first African players to play in the league and be good, right? But he wasn't right. anything special. He was a good defender. I don't even think he was a generational defender. I think guys like Hakeem were better than him defensively. Oh, yeah. Hakeem's probably the best defender ever, but... Yeah, but... That dude's but like, ridiculous. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? It's like... No, no, I, 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 I just think mean. he's overrated. Yeah, no, I mean... Seems like his a great guy. Don't really, his numbers don't really show a Hall of Fame worthy guy. I mean, I think we, we were making this argument for like a Ben Wallace who his career numbers are like six and five or whatever, but he's but a the four thing, time all defensive, four time defensive player of the year, two a uh, champion, you know. The thing I can argue with Ben Wallace is like you said, four time defensive player of the year. He was, in my opinion, the second most important player on that Pistons team in two thousand and four. Chauncey, yeah. 
just behind Chauncey because I think Ben was the motor of that team. Um, mm-hmm. um, ben Wallace was legitimately the best defensive player in the NBA for like 10 years. As like a 6'8 dude. Which is ridiculous, right? He was kind of like an, an athletic Draymond in some ways. Essentially. Just, I don't think he was as smart, but he was more athletic than what Draymond was. More, yeah, Draymond is definitely. I think Draymond is the smartest defender of all time. I think you can give him that. I that, agree. Uh, you can give him that title, but but it, it, it's like good basketball IQ with like elite athleticism that came with so, Ben Wallace. So this is Ben Wallace's resume, right? Mm-hmm. NBA champion in two thousand and four, four time Defensive Player of the Year from two thousand and two to two thousand and six. Four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA second team, two-time All-NBA third team, five-time NBA All-Defensive first team, one-time NBA All-Defensive second team, two-time rebounding leader, one-time block leader. That's an MVP resume. Not an MVP resume, a Hall of Fame resume. Hall of Fame resume. I don't care what his stats are. I I, I definitely agree. There there was a lot of people saying... Talking some stuff on Twitter, which is favorite, which was ridiculous to me. Anyway, uh, moving on to 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 Kobe itself. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it it wasn't as hard as I was anticipated to be. Not that it was like easy by any any stretch, but I thought Vanessa was incredibly uh, strong, obviously, and uh, she was very the speech was very good. She was mm-hmm. uh, very articulate and you know bring, bringing up the people that she needed to bring up and everything. I loved. MJ being there as well as the the one to bring her up. Yes. Um, was there a favorite moment you had from the whole uh, the whole speech? Vanessa killed it, like the entire speech, right? And I mm. really enjoyed the the part where you know where she basically shot on Kobe, mm. and like just sort of like sort of at the beginning where she shot on Kobe, going like you know that that Kobe hated. You know her talking positive about him in public, and mm-hmm. and I was like, well, that was amazing. I was like, yeah, that's that. She has way more strength than I would have had in that situation, man. It, it's honestly incredible that she was able to do this and the memorial. The memorial, the memorial's thing was way more impressive because she just monologued that shit for like twenty minutes, right? Like literally right. a month after right. her husband and kid died. But even this was phenomenal. Like she's right. just great. I, I, she deserves all the flowers in the world, man. Yeah, and it was great seeing uh, Natalia. Yes, and uh, the uh, in, in the in the jacket and everything. Uh, I thought that, I thought that was great. Seeing the pictures that Vanessa posted of uh, Capri and Bianca in yes. front of the it was amazing. Um, the big poster and everything. It was just a great way to to I think kind of put put Kobe's career sort of to to rest. Uh, and every, everything about it, to, uh, you know, it's probably the last time we really talk about Kobe and we really could, like celebrate Kobe as like a whole NBA family, whole sports sort of family. You know, obviously we'll we'll remember him. You know, birth, birthday day he died. You know, Kobe day yes. stuff like that. But uh, this is probably the last time we will fully celebrate his entire career. And I thought it was a great way to sort of uh, bookend it. No, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, and, and also, uh, congratulations to the uh, twenty, the incoming uh, class of the Hall of Fame in Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, uh, Tony Kukoc, Chris and Chris Bosch. Those were the, those were the four. The, the Paul four, Pierce was uh, picked, but players. we're not. Oh, yeah. but, but we're ignoring that him. one because that's an illegitimate one. I forgot about Paul Pierce. That's um, why it's illegitimate. Yeah. It'll it'll be hard to ever beat this class, especially with three top fifteen players of all time going in whoa. at the same time. Whoa, 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 whoa! Are you saying that Kobe Bryant's a top fifteen player of all time? <laughs> oh man! It, NBA Twitter tells me he's not a top thirty player of all time, according to the uh, the Celtics blog. That Tatum needs to look up to Garnett more than it than he needs to look up to Kobe. God forbid you look up to a five-time to a five-time NBA champion, right? It, that is a wild thing to to put out there about a dead man. Like, do you remember? Did you see the video I retweeted today of Tom Haberstroh saying that guys are more clutch than Kobe in the NBA? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Habisho has done that for a long time. He's been a Kobe hater for a while, and T Mac like obliterated him on live TV. Of course, that came after Habisho saying today that LeBron's not the Warriors are going to win because LeBron's not fully healthy and the Lakers are in trouble in the playoffs and stuff like that. Habisho is just a goofball, man. It it is what it is. There's a lot of those ESPN people. There aren't there aren't there aren't a ton of of good. Uh... Well, he's not ESPN anymore, is he? Oh yeah, you're right. He, I mean, he was. That's what I remember him mostly for. But the only, only yeah. guy I really, I really respect in that sort of place is Zach Lowe. Really, I, I respect Rachel Nichols as well. Respectfully, <laughs> not, not not in a Nas way. Not in a Nas way. I like Rachel uh, Nichols. Rachel Nichols is cool. She, yeah. The one thing I will never slander Rachel Nichols for is she legitimately loves the game of basketball and wants the discourse on basketball to improve, right? Now, some of her takes may be spotty at times. Right. Some of her guests may be idiotic at times. Not anymore, because Jackie McMullen's not part of ESPN anymore. But, like, and Rachel Nichols legitimately loves the game of basketball. She furthers the discourse. And it's a good time watching the show. I can't slander people like that. She'll have stupid takes. I think everyone does. She mentioned it on all the smoke. Like you'll always get things wrong, but it's what you bring. And she brings a different type of energy to the game and discussing the game where I can't criticize her. Like, I mean, you can on certain little aspects, but I think it's just disingenuous mostly. You know what I mean? It's a good thing we didn't have it's a good thing we didn't have Nas on this pod because he'll just oh, be yeah. full fully milk merchant. Fully milk merchant in the whole thing. I know. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that's a, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, like I said, Lakers play tomorrow against the Warriors at Staples. I believe it's at 7, the game. 7, seven Pacific, Pacific time. Yeah. So that that's going to be that's going to be a fun game. It really it really will be. It'll I can't be, wait. It'll be more fun than probably most of the playoff games we had last year uh, for Lakers. Because it, it is Steph. You know, and it, it is the Warriors, and not and, only and that, we have it's fans, Warriors Twitter, and we That's have fans it. in the arena as well. And yeah. you know, the past few games, like I don't know if you if you noticed it merge, but like the first few games, you don't really hear the fans, yeah, like, at all. But then the last few games that we've played, especially against the Rockets, right, the fans were loud. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited. Did to you see, see that, that the Laker games are going to have more capacity than Clipper games? But you know why that's that I is. find hilarious. You know yeah, why they don't want to look as bad. Exactly. So <laughs> if you have like three thousand less people in, you could you can say that the split like Clipper Lakers if they play each other is like sixty forty. Like you right. Know. And speaking of capacity, I think that's how the Utah Jazz are like seventy percent capacity. Yeah, but they don't believe in anything science based, so that's why it, they're 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 gonna be at like thirteen thousand people, which which is, is insane. Different. Which is a ridiculous home court advantage. Which we, we we might see them beat a team like the Clippers because of that. Honestly, that's but a the huge thing, advantage. They've had fans for a while now. They were one of the first to have fans back. The, the thing is, right? I'll, I'll just put it in perspective. Manchester United have a stadium that is that holds seventy seven thousand people, mm-hmm. and today was the first game, and coincidentally, it was the last game of the season at home for United. But they had eight thousand fans in a seventy-seven thousand seater stadium. How how are you telling me that thirteen thousand in a twenty thousand arena is safe? It's not. It just isn't. I'm sorry, it's not. They they've had fans since like the very beginning of the season too. They just don't care. So, it's Utah. They don't. It's a really easy and, joke and- to make. I, I really think that is a, that's going to be a huge advantage for the Jazz coming into this 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 uh, playoff. I really do because they're it's not like they're going from no fans to thirteen thousand fans. They're they've been gradually adding more and more fans as the year has gone on. So it's going to be super interesting to see how that affects their the sort of like the series, especially if they play against the Clippers. There's only one team that it doesn't affect, in my opinion, and that's the Lakers because the Lakers because fans travel Laker everywhere. Fans, yeah, there there will be Laker fans there. After they'll that they'll probably be. 
Utah's not that far from California. If you really want to take a, a plane ride over there, teams, it's people will travel. Much. It's like in a 13,000 full, you know, arena, well, not full, but like 70% full, there'd be more Laker fans in Salt Lake City than there'd be in a Laker game in LA. Game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Insane. It would be the same. Like yeah. No. Nah, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, so like I said, it, it's going to be a lot of fun because the team we're playing and all the sort of hype that's going into this game and the way the Warriors have been have been playing and the way that Steph has, has looked going up against this this Lakers team who I fully believe can and will re- repeat this year. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially all the discourse on Twitter if if and when we do win tomorrow and, and how we win. For the playoffs? What just, what is that? Just just so it's on um, recorded form as many places I can put it. The yeah. Heat are beating both the Bucks and the Nets. There we go. I I'm fully on board with the Nets not making the finals because I just don't trust them until I until I'll see it. Same uh, kind with of the, the same way. With, kind of the same way with the Bucks. Yeah. If the Bucks win, then watch out. That, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, we can maybe actually touch a little more on the actual rest of the league and stuff uh, once once we know our matchup, uh, once we know Definitely. all the other matchups as well uh, later on in the week. So, um, Alan, go ahead and plug everywhere and every podcast and everything that's been posted the last couple of days. <laughs> so, first of all, thanks for having me on again. You know how much I like chatting shit. Um, I before I plug all my things, wear a mask still, guys. Sanitize your hands. Wash your legs. Um, <laughs> just just have showers. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, yeah, that's about it. And don't go around, like, you know, I don't know, licking people because we're still in a pandemic. Don't pull um, a Karis Levert. Somehow just, Karis Levert's out for 10 to 14 days after. At this point, you really have to try to get coronavirus. I feel like you in contact with people who have coronavirus, though. So. Him and Dennis. That's Jesus. tough. Hundred emoji fire. <laughs> so you can find me at Alan, Alan Ramit zero three. You can find me on here now all the time. The Lakerside Chats is my podcast. Release an episode today with Raj, Unwritten Rules, friend of the podcast here. Just Laker, great. I love Raj so much. I'm so glad I can call him my friend. Um, got an episode dropping in a couple of days with Jabari Davis, who is leading the 19 Media Group, which I will be part of, which Merge will be a part of, which Clay will be a part hey. of, and Nelson with the Direct Snap NFL podcast. You see, you see how I beautifully segued that. That's what you call professionalism, Perfect. right there. That's professionalism. Uh, <laughs> That's the kind of the... professionalism you'll get in, in the podcast network, <laughs> exactly, in the media network. <laughs> But but in all seriousness, it's a venture that me, Jabari, and a few other guys and gals have been talking about for a few months now, and we're finally making it happen. The release date's going to be mid-June. Um, June 19th, I think, will be the exact date, which I'm very excited about. Um, what what else do I have? I have my Marvel Blipped podcast, in. Blipped In. Um, great show this week with Harrison and Mia Fagan. Apart from the fact that Mia calls me like forty years old, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Mia's lovely though. Mia's lovely. She's great. She's, yeah. she's 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 really great. Harrison's all right too. I'm joking. I love Harrison. Harrison's <laughs> like a good friend of mine as well. Um, ha- did you hear Harrison's reaction to when she when she, by how surprised she was? Yeah, how, he, how, said he how, nearly, nearly spit his water out. Yeah, <laughs> and and he was like. It was like, when me and you pod together, Alan, we always go, oh, you know, that's a good point, Harrison. That's a good point, Alan. We, we big each other up. We bring <laughs> we bring a woman into the equation once and we're tearing each other down. <laughs> so, so, so special shout out to Harrison. But in all seriousness, though, if you haven't listened to it, I really suggest you go and listen. Just because, A, they're really knowledgeable about what they talk about. And B, they're just really cool, funny people. And it was just a great conversation. So... Please, please, please tune into that one. Um, probably like even Kwame said, and Kwame wasn't on the show this week. Probably his favorite episode of Blips in. Uh, 
and that's why I yeah no, it. it was uh, i listened to pretty much after you said you released it. it was it was it was definitely it was a great episode and what's it called that's why i called kwame the dennis schroeder me the lebron james of the outfit he's missing we go by without a hitch i'm missing we'll see what happens you know but, but I, I, I i have professionalism i won't miss podcast recordings i'm joking love you kwame love you but yeah that's me done thanks for having me on again of course, definitely. At this point, you're co-host to the, the, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, you can find the podcast at the Under the Bus uh, on Twitter. You can find podcasts anywhere you listen to your podcasts anywhere on there. Um, the tweets have been kind of firing off lately. They've been kind of popping. Uh, One to thing Nons. I will say: shout out to Kwame Brown. Oh yeah. Well. Sh- Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no, Chandler. Listen, Brown. listen, shout out to Laker legend Kwame Brown. That dude shut down everyone Kwame. the past two days. Kwame Brown and Daniel Toru has single-handedly brought the under the bus uh, Twitter uh, a lot of traction the last couple of days. <laughs> a lot of relevance. I'm yeah. Vivian today. And, and Vivian, of course. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Nas for all the, all the tweets, of course, uh, He'd be the he, best social media manager of an, of an NBA franchise in the world. He'd get fired within like two hours. Yeah, yeah. He'll if you thought the uh, the horse and gun emoji that the that the Rockets tweeted, or was it the <laughs> Mavericks? I, I forgot who it was. Uh, if you thought that was bad, that's nothing. Now Nas is going to be tweeting out Dua Lipa videos after every single game. <laughs> Dua Lipa would be sponsored by the team. Make no question about it. She'll be courtside. She'll be like better Halsey but, 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 <laughs> for whatever team. But those those two hours that Nas would be a social media manager would be the greatest two hours of NBA Twitter history, <laughs> guaranteed. Definitely, a hundred percent. Hopefully, we we can get him back back on the pod. Hopefully, we can get my actual co-host back on the podcast soon too. Clayton, oh, we miss well, you, buddy. He, listen, he, he's the Andre Drummond of this situation. I'm LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the Montrez Arrow. <laughs> no, I like Trez. We don't oh, this Trez. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I thought that would be more uh, offensive to Clay if we call if we call well, him yeah, Montrez Arrow. My my Montrez Harold jersey's arriving tomorrow. I'm not being down on Trez right now, Clay. Emerge. But you're finally getting it. Well, I I rang today, going, "What the fuck's going on?" And oh. they, they they decided to ship it today. It's been ready for three days, apparently. Oh wow! All right, well, uh, you're, you'll you'll have it for the playoff stretch, and that now we all all we used to have for it probably since Trez is probably out of here after this. Listen, year. anyway, I, I can still can, support Trez playing on another team. Just all you have to do is uh, hope he goes to like the Pacers or something, and you can. Is it a gold jersey or is a? No, it's the, it's the blue one. It's the classic. Oh, hope, okay. Then hopefully he goes to the. Uh, the Timberwolves, and, and you can sort or, of pass it off Hornets. as the Timberwolves or the Hornets, yeah. So you can sort of pass it off as, a, as one of their jerseys. Anyway, we can we can honestly go on for forever, but we'll we we'll cut it off right here. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and talk to you guys soon. Peace.